told you off. I get it. She has flips and stuff. We may be Stop, stop, stop. If we say that, they won't keep listening. Morons of the Mothers. Well, then, why don't I just go ahead and start the show? Mike, what's up, buddy? Yo, 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 yo. Morons of the Multiverse coming to you live, sitting here, just bathing in memories, sweet, sweet memories of Phase 4. And what a journey it's been. A journey uh, I I haven't stopped believing, in fact. Nice. Ha, ha, ha. Coming in with those sweet puns. Sweet, sweet puns. Oh, my headphones yeah. were up so hot. I was yeah. like, man, I feel so hot. But the screen doesn't even say I am. The screen says I'm kind of cold, in fact. It's because you're the prodigal son. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah my guy it. out here with jokes. I'm out here tonight. He's <laughs> out here. Somebody let me loose. That's right. It is a Wednesday night, and it is January 4th, 2023. And we have now, as fans, completed the journey known as Phase 4. It's over. No further projects. The next thing is mere weeks away in Quantumania, the beginning of Phase 5. You'll get to hear our thoughts about that in a couple weeks when we release our Phase 5 preview, which Mm -hmm. Mike and I already recorded, but we're going to release after we release these awards because we're maniacs like that and we do things our own way. If you haven't noticed, Eric has a kindness to the words uh, release. (laughs) Release is the, hey, that's the word I'm using. That's the word I'm sticking with. Sweet, sweet release. We were gathering (laughs) up the handful of voters we were able to get to uh, submit their ballots for us for this awards. Yeah, so thanks. I wanted to get more time for people to submit more ballots. And uh, we, we have some results, in fact. We do. We have fact, some results. results. We, we had some voters. So yes. thank you to the few of you that did. We appreciate it. It's yeah. pretty cool of you. No, it's very great of you. So tonight, we're going to do two things. We're going to walk through the journey that has been phase four in the release order. So we're going to start way back at the beginning at WandaVision. And we're going to talk project by project. All the way through to the most recent release, Wakanda Forever. Keep in mind, people, uh, when most of this started, uh, we were all locked in our homes. That's true. You know, uh, it's been a long-ass journey. I cannot even understate how grateful I was when WandaVision came around. Oh, you ain't kidding. Like, it was just like new Marvel content felt like such a treasure to have in my life at a time where nothing else new was coming out. And I couldn't leave my house much, and it was just sadness all around. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of fun, and uh, that really, yeah, I think we all kind of, we all know we needed it, but, like, the gleefully, like, gleeful happiness, like, the, the, the pleasant town kind of vibe going on at the beginning of it and everything like that, Yeah, we really took a little bit of that, you know, sadness and depressiano um, off of me for a couple minutes there, at least. Depressiano, yeah. is that a uh, Italian coffee drink? No fucking clue. <laughs> I'll take a grande Depressiano, please. Yeah, as far as I know, I made that one up tonight, so feel free to use Gold that. Gold star for you, buddy. Yeah, Ringlish. But yeah, so we're essentially going to talk about one or two properties and then give an award out and then talk about another property or two and then give an award out. We're just going to alternate back and forth. But let's just go ahead and start at WandaVision. We just mentioned it already, obviously. Um, I love not... 
the COVID of it all, but that the res- one of the results is that it shook out for this to be the first thing of the phase. Because mm-hmm. I think it's a really, is still might be the most unique or is certainly one of the most unique Marvel properties thus far. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not the first, I mean, this is it not the first Marvel series? It's the, I period. mean, it's the first Marvel series that counts as a MCU series. Yes. Yes. So, to that effect. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is always first. Uh, yep. Yep. There we go. Um, where I was going with that is that it, it's what kind of perfect timing for that to happen. Um, it's like the mouse knew. Um, and then just what we got out of it. Like the fact that they knocked it out of the park seemingly right off the bat. Like they got one incredibly right in WandaVision. Absolutely. And you know, the finale is not without its problems. Sure. Um, the C- the CGI is amongst the worst in MCU history in that Ooh. finale overall. Um, and there, there's some, the, some rushing in the story in the ba- in the last couple episodes there, but overall as a whole, that show really holds up for me in terms of the emotional beats it gives you, the hilarious moments, and being such a unique ride in, in the MCU. Yeah, it was uh, one of those shows where, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before, but like I think one of the biggest gripes from people, and I noticed this, was that they had a hard time getting through the first two episodes. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't like what they're doing with it. It's like... Okay, well, you definitely need to get to the third or fourth then, because I can see where this is going to be something most people would like. Yeah, the, if you like, get past, it was always on its way to being a pretty classic Marvel story. The, the the comic of it, I mean, that aspect of it, I thought that they got really right that way. It's very funny, like very uh, J- the Jonesies or you know something and like that, and it's. If you're a fan of like older television too, it hits all the right bells and whistles for you. It's a it's a pretty well done homage to each of those eras of television. Um, also, kudos to the theme song writers mm-hmm. that came up with like a theme song that felt appropriate to each of those eras and kind of gave you little winks and nods at the story while they were doing it. It's just very well done overall. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's one of my favorite Marvel properties, even with its. Like you were, uh, you know, alluding to there, the improprieties in the, you know, finale. Indeed. Brings us to our next victim. (laughs) Falcon or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, in the bottom tier of shows for me. I don't know if if it's my least favorite or second least favorite. There's one other one it's in contention with down there. And... (laughs) That's not to say it's terrible, because there's elements of it that are really great. The stuff between Sam and Bucky lands for me. It's great. The training montage in Mississippi, the time spent with Sam's family, all of those elements, awesome. Um, Even all the elements with um, Sam, with old man Sam, or not Sam, uh, what's, what's the old guy's name? Why am I... Dude, I'm blanking on that one, too, but I really didn't pay a whole ton of attention to it, to be honest, because of that. So, like, I I, I just lost complete focus in that show. I don't think that there was any one thing that was really keeping me heavily invested in it. So, for me to remember, you remember characters from that one way better than I do. I do, and for some reason, this character's name is escaping me right now. Um, Isaiah Bradley. The old agent. Yeah. Isaiah Bradley, that story is beautifully done. It is. They crush that part of it. 
Um, Sam getting the statue, putting the museum of him at the end, the country getting the country to acknowledge the it, atrocities done against him and the, his heroic efforts. The the best parts of that show are funny enough. The sh- are the parts that a lot of people bitched about, um, which you can expect that that was going to get bitched about. With surprise, the, surprise. Yeah, surprise! Oh, surprise. shoving your PC agenda yeah. down our throats, blah blah blah. Oh God, yeah. how dare they try? To tell <laughs> One us, of the worst things. How try to tell us. Dare they try to tell an honest story about racism in America? And it, like I said, that's that's the part that really hits, though. I, like, I It agree. actually really, really yeah. works. So all those that, parts got me uh, really hard. All that stuff hits. And then, yeah. of course, our absolute legend, fucking Baron Zemo, killing all the stuff he has to do. Um, all of the Dora Milaje coming along, crushing it. So many elements that work really well, and then just a final couple episodes that don't tie it up well. No. It's so much good groundwork laid for a few episodes. Uh, fucking uh, U.S. Agent even crushes it. Like, he's a compelling character. Kudos to that actor for bringing a really interesting portrayal to that, because I'm excited for more of that of that U.S. Agent character down the road. That's going to be one of the major payoffs of that show that is going to be really good, I think. Mm-hmm. But... It's one that has a rushed finale. It's one that we found out after the series suffered from having to scrap an entire major part of its plot, which was a pandemic-level disease spreading across the country. Couldn't have that. The House of Mouse felt that that would be a little triggering for folks who were still on lockdown. Which I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. I also don't know how I feel about that. Because I, I can really see it both ways, where it's like, dude, it's just reality. Like, that's... I mean, right. fuck, how many shows and have we gotten one, like that since? Yeah, and well, like, and this one was created as, as a bioagent slash right. weapon, but like, it's a very different thing still. But I, yeah, for I could see for a large part of people that might be really triggering. Right. But I just, I, I think don't know. keeping that in would have added to the motivations greatly right. of the uh, people without borders. The really one, the flag smashers. Thank you, though. Yeah, one one world, one people. Like all of that could have felt more compelling with that storyline still intact. I don't know that it completely saves the show, but I think it helps quite a bit. I think it really adds to, like raises stakes. Oh. One of the problems I seem to find with that movie is that, like, by the end of it, you're just kind of like, what, what the hell just happened? Like, what was I supposed to be invested yeah. in? Yes. And that I'll actually make... Do you have any other thoughts? Because I've got one last thought that's going to pivot to our first no. award if you don't have any more Falcon thoughts. Uh, believe me, I don't. Except for uh, not enough uh, Red Wing. True. More Red Wing always. Uh, and shout out to Torres. Um he he's great in the show. He's, yeah. He doesn't get that much run, but looking forward to more of him in Captain America: New World Order. And I'm, Buc- I'm guessing we'll see him anyway. Bucky's always a pleasure. Bucky always a pleasure. Uh, also, shout out to Darcy and Wu in Wandavision, who you've heard us talk about repeatedly in all of our League of Extremely Ordinary Gentlefolk. So I won't rave about them much longer because you've heard my thoughts on both of them. But once again, shout out. It's beginning of Phase Four, getting two. Great league members hanging together. Yeah, always. Always. Always here time. for a league member. Always. But the first award I would like to transition to, and I'll let you pick the next one after this, mm-hmm. because it just fits right here so well with my last Falcon and the Winter Soldier thought, is the most likely to be a scroll award. So you have to imagine we've seen more than one scroll that we don't know are a scroll in phase four with Secret Invasion now months away. You'll hear us go into this in great detail in uh, other episodes, but yes, there's scrolls. 
They're out here. They're There's, out here. They've been no out here. There's no way we don't know some. And we at least know seemingly several of them. Yes. Yeah. And on that note, first I'm going to give my nomination for a secret scroll. And then I'm going to give, I have two user nominations submitted to me here that I'm going to give as well. All right. So my nomination from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sharon Carter. Yep. Yeah, this one tracks. So my evidence to Sharon Carter being a scroll is Steve Rogers would never leave her ass in the wind after the events of Endgame before going back in time. Steve Rod, like the Steve we know would never let that happen. Especially, well, it's not even, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Not even after the events of Endgame, after the events of Infinity War. In the five-year gap where he becomes a grief counselor, that version of Steve would have damn sure made sure Sharon Carter was taken care of in that five-year gap. Yep. He would have, if she, if he assumed her blipped, he would have searched until he found someone that watched her blip. If he assumed her alive, he would have scoured the earth until he found her. There's no way Sharon Carter goes in the wind on Steve Rogers' watch. Explain. After the way she helps him. It explains a lot of her uh, change in motive. Yeah. And in personality type. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my most compelling scroll argument. I've got some other funny ones as well. But that's my, that's my most... I'm very convinced she's a scroll argument. My next one down is anyone involved with the Department of Damage Control. I've said this before, any government figure. Yep, any and all government figures. uh, Definitely at least one person in the courtroom scene in Wakanda Forever. If not all of them. If not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them were real humans. Just imagine it's uh, a straight up Council of Scrolls. Yeah, Council of Scrolls, pretty likely in that scene. Uh, like I said, uh, damage control, several of those agents, I'm feeling Absolutely. likely scrolls. Yep. Um, but your scroll. But yeah, my biggest scroll nominee is Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. My official one, anyway. My official scroll is none other than Happy Hogan. I'm going what? full stop with Happy. Full stop. Uh, the happy we've known all along, or just the happy, like, does it happen in Far From Home? Does it happen in No Way Home? It happens from Far From Home. Nice. That's a good spot. And it kind of explains the end a little bit. Um, it just seems, uh, not to mention that, I mean, Happy has been around forever. Forever. Like, everybody around him has horrible shit happen to them all the time, if not die. It's true. And no, here he is, standing strong, the least likely of any of them to make it through any of that. Just there. Just there. Magically ends up at the same gravestone at the same time. Fishy. Fishy. No. I'm into this happy argument. This is hilarious. I did not expect you to nominate Happy Hogan here. But he's one of the good ones. Sure. Yeah. No, again, folk, good folk and or good scrolls and bad scrolls out there. We're not. uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm not even saying the Sharon Carter one's necessarily a bad scroll. Yeah, that one seems a little more devious. More devious, but, you know, even the good scrolls we know had some deviousness to them. They did. Now, go ahead and let's, uh, what about our, so, uh, our ballots? The ballots I have, I've got one for Wong. Oh, interesting. He is showing up in a lot of damn places. Showing up but, in a lot of places, for sure. I mean... Mm. Um, and, you know, if we want to talk power structures... Taking over as the Sorcerer Supreme, if you're a scroll, seems like a pretty good power structure to be atop of. Also seems like a tall order. Also agree with you there. I don't think a scroll could be the Sorcerer Supreme. I mean, Strange wasn't even really... (laughs) 
as we can now see why he's not um, or why he shouldn't be trusted in that role yet. Uh, yeah, I don't think Wongers is uh, so, so supreme. I, I'm with you on Wongers, but hey, I appreciate the nomination yeah, anyway. great, there. great. I'm um, there. Another, then I've got two other ones here. I've got one from Madison. Could And you won't guess where the other eye is? I could see Madison, but only in the sense of it. It would be really funny. It would be really funny for sure. It'd, but yeah, that's a really ditzy scroll. It'd be like, uh, you know, in the uh, uh, Space Jam, the first one, and you've got the Monstars and you've got the really goofy ones. Like, oh, oh, oh. Yep. Yeah, it's like that. That's literally what I think of. And this last one's interesting to me. Bruno. Hmm. Very Bruno. well possible. He lives alone. His parents are gone, and he runs this weird convenience store on his own, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of balls juggling around for a supposed 16-year-old. Yeah, I don't think you have to really convince me too much on this one. I that mean, would be a really interesting, but would logically make a lot of sense. It would be interesting, for sure. Uh, I'm not completely convinced myself, uh, mainly because of the crush angle. <sighs> That said, yeah. I can also see a world where we eventually get a scroll swapped Bruno in the future. Oh my god. Like maybe the Bruno we met currently is a real <laughs> Bruno, and at some point down the road I could see Bruno not being the real Bruno and messing with Kamala at some point in the future. I don't know. But I can't dispel it, albeit I find it unlikely. Yep. But uh But hey, that's why you voted for him. That's right. That's it's compelling. I like it. Compelling indeed. And shout outs, Bruno. Love you, pal. Bruno, baby. All right. Next phase four project. Mike, where are we at? All right. So next phase four project is going to be none other than, in my opinion, the best series, but uh, Loki. Loki. I should have given it more like oomph when I said it, but Loki. like yeah, Loki. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's not right. That's a different kind of oomph. Ooh, Loki. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Let's go, Loki. Let's uh, go, Loki. Yeah. So Loki, which uh, it is the one that I have uh, admittedly watched more than any. I think I've watched Loki probably ten times or over. If only just to try to like find little goofy Easter eggs and stuff at this point, because it's just such a fun show. And it's, it's a fun show to Easter egg hunt for sure. It is, and it's it's just a good watch every time that you go through it. Like the Loki and um, now I'm uh, in Sylvie. A lot of those moments are just really heartfelt. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it landed at a perfect time because after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, in, in Wanda or WandaVision to a much lesser extent, um, just kind of reclaimed that you know Marvel does tend to know what they're doing. It's definitely <laughs> the one that was like completely at every level and in every episode on the elite tier of Marvel products. Like it was like we're fully back with this one. I love WandaVision, but I admit its flaws, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and as we mentioned, we were both lukewarm on Falcon and Winter Soldier overall. It was nice for Lo- for Loki to come out and just hit one the fuck out of the park. You know, every character is lovable and compelling and interesting. We meet arguably who might wind up being the greatest Marvel villain of all time and he who remains by the time it's all said and done. And what a twist. 
as fans, I don't think many people genuinely saw Kang coming. People whispered about like, oh, it'd be neat if we saw Kang a little bit or if that was it. And people thought maybe post credit scene, something to that effect. I don't think anyone expected a whole Jonathan Majors episode. A, a straight up monologue? And one of the best monologues ever. Yeah. Um, I had to watch back through it multiple times to make sure that it wasn't just Tom Hiddleston acting the whole thing through. Like, that's why I liked it so much, because he's so fucking good. Yep. And he was so much... He, he just gets better with that character every single project that they do, and Loki was just the fucking pinnacle of it. He somehow portrays all the things we've seen this character go through to us as an audience in its performance, and it's brilliant work. Yeah, as if he's lived it. Yeah, it's so really he, incredible. Yeah, for a Disney project and you know how the marvel projects get looked at as like these guys either stepping stone or oh well they're there for their paycheck tom hiddleston or hiddleston does not seem to take that route with his character no and outside of marvel stuff hiddleston's mostly in like really artsy theater like correct or like does some other movies and stuff here and there but it's like mostly he does really artistic work outside of marvel i was gonna say i did see him in king kong I said mostly. I said mostly with purpose. Hey, are you telling me King Kong wasn't artistic? King Kong, King Kong Skull Island? It was fartistic. I had a fun time at King Kong yeah, Skull right. Island. It was a fun ride. It was fine. You get stoned D- enough. It's did fun. Did giant monsters fight each other? Yeah, but not as good as like when we got to the Godzilla movies. That's true. Godzilla vs. Kong was better, but Kong Skull Island was fun. I had a good time. I, I just, was really high. I had fun. For the record, Movie people. experience had. Don't make those movies more than they are. They no, don't man. need to be. It's stupid. Yep. It's funny. And if you're really stoned, it's even way more stupid. And That's funny. why Godzilla vs. King Kong was so great because they yeah. didn't try to like be no. over the top serious with it. They were just like, yeah, this one monster is going to fight this other one. And eventually we're going to go to like an upside down version of our world. And it's going to be sweet. What was the again? What was the other Godzilla movie with uh, fucking King, uh, King Gajira and uh, like all the other ones? Oh, God. With Mothra and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. had a great time at that. Great times, man. Big fucking monsters fighting each other. Perfect. Done. Uh, that's all I want. That's it. We don't, we don't need I it to don't be more than that. I don't need good dialogue. Nah. In fact, I want it to be worse. Yeah, just the cheesier the better. <laughs> lay it on me and lay it on me Use thick. Use all the money for the CGI. Give me the worst acting crew you can possibly get. and Give me fucking monsters fighting, and that's all I want. Cut that's the it. check. Cut the check. All right. That's all she wrote. But yeah, I mean... So after Loki... Uh, also, one last shout out to Mobius. Just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson is an actor I've just always loved and adored. And so when I heard he got cast in this show, I was thrilled to see what that would mean exactly. And boy, howdy, was I not disappointed with what we got. Agent Mobius is a dream. He's a dream boat or He's a, a dream jet boat. ski. Yeah. And I just remembered. A nominee for a category that I didn't get to add to my list earlier. So I'm adding it now real quick. Most likely to ride a jet ski. No, well, that's just a bonus award we can just give to Mobius. That's just his honorary (laughs) award. It's just going to be a golden jet ski statue. And uh, we hope you get to ride it someday, dog. Amen. Amen. Next project, Black Widow. (laughs) so mike is not the most fond of black widow i'm lukewarm on it where mike is pretty ice cold on it never mind that i'm dying from drinking a pepsi apparently but yeah that that hardcore cola the uh 
this one being the first movie didn't do it any justice or justice either so i'll say that like i'm gonna give it a little bit of leeway here we're still coming out of the whole pandemic thing lots of shits happened things have moved around i don't believe this movie was originally built for this spot it was not and it made it infinitely worse than whatever else it ended up turning out being because it is an arguably in my opinion probably one of the most boring mc or mcu movies it just lacks any kind of depth it it's i i don't know not not one that i'll probably ever watch again as you'll hear in the villains episode we just released a few weeks ago in fact yeah um well actually so we actually released it today for mike and i sitting here recording but a few weeks ago for ye who are listening um not ye but yeah 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 fuck no yeah Yeah. not yay fuck him um but as you'll hear in that we go pretty deep on the villain problem in that movie uh ivan vanko's or ivan (laughs) vanko's funny because i almost said ivan drago first and i was like no it's not drago wrong Vanko. one oh wait Shit. other wrong also one. wrong one but but can you imagine him in that movie <laughs> dude it would have been so much better that's a better movie a way better movie <laughs> whiplash versus the black widow yeah. <laughs> boring asshole from black widow is definitely one of the big problems of that film but there's other shortcomings as well um i do like the stuff with the family quite a bit i like the red guardian stuff Yelena is an absolute superstar to me. Uh, love her. So getting her in this movie softens the blow of how rough it is. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be desired from this film. And the biggest crime of it all is wasting Taskmaster on a brainwashed peon. Like, lo- like the gender thing is totally fine. No Don't qualms care. there. It's cool in my book. Yep. However, making her just like a brainwashed person useless so i'm I'm really hoping that because that she's announced for uh thunderbolt so i'm really hoping that that there's some redemption to that terrible choice there i'd have been better with her being a dolphin laced up in that fucking suit (laughs) like what a reveal (laughs) take off your helmet and show your true self (laughs) like just fucking screaming along like that that would have been far more fucking doing the the flipper thing (laughs) oh now i get it i wonder what the fuck was going on there outstanding but the crazy part is it actually communicates really well within the helmet it's got a transmitter yeah of course yeah and the the robotic legs it would need but what yeah it's fine (laughs) dolphin don't don't overthink it (laughs) no just cut the check well marvel (laughs) they shouldn't have overthought it should not have overthought it anyways pick an award buddy all right so i want to get some of the the negativity out of here early i really want to go with uh the biggest disappointment Biggest disappointment. Yeah, let's knock out some... Uh, I mean, we're on one of the <clears throat> biggest disappointments right now anyway, so it's a good time to talk about it. We can... So, it didn't make my biggest disappointments because I don't think that I expected that much out of it in the first place. Um, that's where I was always at with it. I don't... I think because we got Black Widow so early on it, well, it that it just a, never seemed necessary to me. So, for... You know it where this movie would have fit so well? Where's that? Along with fucking Captain Marvel and the gap between Infinity War and Endgame, mm. but give it like or at least better anywhere it really fit better there yeah, yeah really anywhere pre her dying sure 
It just <laughs> like it. I know it is meant to feel like an homage to her, mm. but it really ends up just feeling like wasted time because the main central character is now a dead person. Correct. And that's another part of that that's rough. Yeah. So in terms of biggest appointment or biggest appointments, disappointments, um, we going to go fan cast first or are we going to go us? Let's give them the fan cast first this time and All then right. our own. Let's do it. So uh, I only got one answer back on this one from two different people, and that was Eternals. Okay. Mm. Um, and I, you know, that I can't blame them for that feeling at all. Oh. Mike and I have said on this podcast that we're higher on Eternals than the average person, which doesn't mean we love Eternals. It's not an all-time <laughs> favorite for either of us. But we do think there's some redeeming stuff. To sift through within it. Yeah, we'll talk about that part later. Yeah. It's um, flawed, but there's there's stuff where there. Well, I, and you you heard us go on about Eternals for a while in the villains episode as well. That was actually a thing because we recorded that months before releasing it also, and I edited it the week before I re- released it essentially. So I got to that and I was like, wow, we spent 25 minutes on Eternals. And you'll catch probably a bit more of that content here today. I've got a feeling yeah. I'm going to strike. We'll give some you a little up, bit more but, Eternals here as well. Um. I mean, it, it it wasn't my biggest disappointment. Um, I can understand where people are going or coming from with it. It's definitely a strong contender. Um, but again, I'll explain that later. That said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, overtake this here. And I'm going to go with my biggest disappointment. I have a movie and a TV series. I so have the same. I'm going with Doctor Strange. The more I watch it, the worse it gets. Um, I liked it initially. And after a couple watches now, it becomes hard to watch would be a good way to put it. That's that's putting it nicely. Um, Otherwise, it just seems like a jumbled mess. That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me by the end. And the CGI is... Except for the music fight scene, yeah, which is about really it. cool looking. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, CGI-wise. That's that's actually amongst my best CGI in Phase 4, Whatever. just that fight scene. But yes, the, a lot of the stuff outside of that fight scene, pretty rough for Mar- sure, CGI-wise. Whatever farm you sent that one out to, you could go back to that well, because I agree that's the only... It's, it's really the only really good... And like that was visually yeah. one of the coolest set pieces of Phase 4. And like, I, I, It was I, unique, it was cool, the music battle was sweet... But, yeah, it's, the problem is that's a three-minute scene in a two-hour film. Um, I like the Wanda um, Wanda stuff. Great uh, villain. She's a great fully unhinged villain. The Possessed way, by the Darkhold. You're just getting... It, it's kind of that Marvel problem when they do it and they want to do too much at once. Um, and I think we'll start seeing, seeing less and less of this as they don't have to rush things. Um, and that's what it is. Um, I think that, you know, something or some things got cut, ideas scrapped, and we what we ended up with was, you know, an America Chavez uh, origin story uh, with a hint of WandaVision resolution. Um, that's what we got. Not even WandaVision resolution. WandaVision not unresolution. Unresolution, but... It's really, no, I, you know what? That's not a fair word either. I'm going to say continuation. Continuation would... Because yeah. ultimately, it's a it's really a continuation in the way that at the end of WandaVision, she obtains the Darkhold and goes off on her own with it. So the most logical continuation after spending a bunch of time alone with the Darkhold as one of the most powerful magic users on the planet is that the Darkhold has her now. Yeah. And has for a while. So yeah, like that, it all makes sense if... 
You're familiar <laughs> enough through the comics or through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the Darkhold, the way that her arc trans- transitions. Because people that aren't familiar with those things, one of their heaviest criticisms is like, why would Wanda turn evil now after WandaVision? It's like, if, no, that makes sense for me. But, but, the book is called The Fucking Dark Hold, not The Light Hold. So it, it takes a hold of you. It is dark. It's bad. So even if you don't have that back, it, I, I don't even want to hear that. I it know. is a very menacing looking book. <laughs> I only mean to say that like those who have experienced it in a different medium That's, understand the power of the book, have seen it displayed yeah. in different ways other than just how it's used in this movie. It's fair. Um, I also find it interesting that this movie... Uh, an impact on the future this movie has that will be interesting again is the destruction of that Darkhold across every possible version of the ver- universe as well. Yeah. That, Which, I feel like unless uh, Agatha um, ends up being completely, you know, hundreds of years before or whatever it is right. back in time, I can't see that not hem- her having ramifications for that. Sure. 100%. So, yeah. Um, it's... It's it's the thing where, you know, in a lot of Marvel movies, even when you don't really get a lot of what you would call, like, good storytelling, that they leave enough breadcrumbs that these things tie together somehow. So there is always some kind of footprint to follow. Sure. Um, and it's the gift and the curse of Marvel. For it's sure. Like, um, it's like, it's funny because it's such a gift when it pays off in great ways for the audience, and it's rewarding, and it's thrilling, and surprising, and it's such a burden... When you have to drudge through a forced character introduction that feels out of place or one extra little plot thread that didn't feel necessary to the main plot, but because it introduces this other concept for a future project, like those things get a little bit grating at a point where it's like, I wouldn't mind a little less of that so I can get a little more focus on the story at hand at times. Speaking of, that leads to my TV series. Um, That would be Hawkeye. I actually got really excited for it, and I know that I had kind of been a hater on it at first. Like, I was teetering. I get annoyed with the whole uh, Hawkeye stuff in particular. Uh, by the way, uh, hopefully uh, Jeremy Renner is okay. Yeah, hopefully yeah. Jeremy Renner is okay. I mean, like, seriously. like uh, Yeah, you know, all, all jokes all, aside. Yeah, all jokes aside. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. Hopefully, it seems like he's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, he sent out a... He, uh, he tweeted out on the social medias recently. So hopefully his recovery is steadfast. Rest up, Hawkeye. Rest up, man. For sure. Um, but that said, uh, like, you know, again, you get a lot of good Clint in this. Like, you do yeah. get a lot of good Clint in there, which is, it's fun. It kind of revives his character a little bit where you're, we really get kind of lost with him, with the whole Ronin thing and just kind of just going away. Um, but you start getting to the last several episodes and it just becomes another casualty to the seemingly overwritten unprepared for what the hell they were going to do next i don't know what the hell happened at the end there but i did enjoy it the end is particularly rough for hawkeye a handful of episodes at the beginning are really rewarding uh the car chase scene and i believe the third episode is one of my favorite sequences in phase four uh the Shoot when I tell you to shoot, and then he turns the the arrow giant. Like all those things are really sweet. Yeah, the Pim arrow. Yeah, the Pim arrow is incredibly cool. Um, Lucky the pizza dog. Shout out, you beautiful bastard. We love you out here. A um, lot of good things in there, but yeah, definitely disappointing if your hopes were too high for that. 
Um, we'll talk about more Hawkeye coming up soon here. That's on yeah. that's on the order here. Um, so how about your? I should have disappoint- different ones in both. In fact, um, I had an, I had an honorable mention in movies, but I'll let you go first and see if you cover it. So my biggest disappointment movie wise is Eternals, and that's what my honorable um, or honorable mention was. Like I said, I'm warmer on this movie than the average person. Uh, it was between this and Black Widow for me. It was pretty. I was pretty neck and neck. Those are my bottom two movies of this phase overall. Uh, Multiverse of Madness just above those two for me personally, yeah. just for a few different little reasons. But my problem with Eternals, uh, I won't go into the Icarus of it all because no. you heard me rant about that on Villains. You have this character named Icarus. There's one famous Icarus in history prior to this character named Icarus, who is known for flying into the sun. And then you have this character fly into the sun. It is the dumbest frickin' ending to a fight that Marvel's ever had. It is one of the worst climax moments in MCU history, and it's all because you went for this on-the-nose cheap pun around the name fucking Icarus. So yeah, he's the bottom of my list because he deserves to be. He's the bottom of my list because Richard Madden sucks as an actor and I did not enjoy his performance in this nor Game of Thrones. He's the bottom of my list because he deserves it. And I'll just kind of re-pepper the statement that it was too many characters to try to get to know too fast. That was I went into that pretty heavily on our Villains episode as well, so I won't bog that part of this discussion down for too yeah, long. Just jamming shit in. But it was just, how am I supposed to feel compelled to get to know that many characters? It's so, it's so many to get to know at once, and then the ones that are most central to the story are the ones I like the least. Yeah. So like, I get the least time with the ones I like the most... The whole thing's just it's 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 sloppy. It's trying so hard to build to a future that it's not in the present. It's lazy with its final scenes or how we get to the Icarus fight. Like all that shit's lazy, and it's almost three hours. You know, it's funny though. The one thing they didn't really fuck up too bad the CGI in it actually pretty CGI's good. CGI's good. Uh, the Weird. hand rising out of the water is pretty great looking. Yeah. Um, Overall, I didn't have any cringe moments with that. Are God, I really hope that, that Phase 5 addresses this soon. Sounds the like, rumors about it yeah, are interesting, I and I say. hope any of those are true. Because mm-hmm. I've been waiting. But yeah, there's been no dealing with... Arishem. Like, the combination, not even just Arishem rising out of our own planet, but a different celestial, the size of our planet, came and spoke to the planet, overshadowing everybody, and basically told them all that there was judgment being passed on whether they deserve to live as a planet or not. And no one's even fucking talking about it. No? I mean, why Why would you? Like, it's just really weird. And again, the, the interconnectivity thing has its pros and has its cons. Sometimes When the thing that major happens, it feels bizarre for several stories to follow it that don't even broach it. Like you see it on a pat, you see it on the background on a television in She-Hulk for a second in one episode, and like other than that, I can't think of any other times we've seen it. And that may very well just be a, a you know a little joke with uh, She-Hulk. Yeah, the She-Hulk writers are clever, so they joke. just throw stuff out in the background all all over the place. By the way, correction here: Arishem is the judge, the one standing over Earth, and then the guy putting his arm out of the water. I can't fucking think of his name, but gotcha. Tia 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 Mac That's yep. The, the, um, the now dead celestial. Yes, he is. Um, but it, it, like I, 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 as a disappointment, I, I 
I can't disagree with it. Like I said, it was neck and neck for Doctor Strange with and me. And I'm so excited because of that cast. It's a sad cast. cast. Is great. I was pumped. Um, I still think they're salvageable pieces, and I still think all the implications for the future are going to be really interesting. This is going to be one of those that has all the potential to be all the things that come out of it are way better than it is. So a few years from now, it feels better. Yeah. Again, like Eternals has all the potential five years from now to feel way better than it did when it came out because we have more connection to these other characters. So now looking (laughs) back at them feels rewarding. Yep. But as it stands currently, that's a tough break for me. Disappointment. And Moon Knight's my disappointment show wise. (sighs) Disappointment. It was right there for me with Hawkeye. Because I can still really enjoy it and like watching it all the way through, but it has major warts. The warts are so heavy, man. They're bad. The, the CGI in that might be one the of the C- worst. The CGI, I think the CGI there is the worst, personally. It, like, in terms of overall consistency, I think that's the worst we get of it. It's damn near um, close. Because she all has moments that are really bad, moments that are fine. Um, this one, um, Multiverse of Madness, has moments that are bad, moments that aren't. This one mostly pretty fucking bad CGI wise, um, but that's not even the unforgivable part to me. The parts of it that really, <laughs> I love the episode when they're in the afterlife on that boat and they're trying to fucking escape the afterlife. That shit's brilliant, awesome stuff. The relationship between his personalities as that grows and evolves as they become brothers themselves is wonderful. Wonderful, great stuff. The villain Ethan Hawke is awesome. He is great. Gives a fucking great performance. Yeah, he's fucking, he's just, he's uh, on that gore level. Um, and, uh, and I love the continued portrayal of all gods being dicks. Mike and I talk about it repeatedly on this here podcast, but we believe that's going to be super important to the future. And this is one of the foundational pieces of that. But this, it's, it's another one that's super unorganized. It's very jerky. And the ending couple episodes just come so suddenly. They don't pay off. Like, you don't yeah. get a rewarding feeling from it at no. the end. It's very, and that's not because it, you know, it hinges on a, you know, on a little secret ruse at the end there or whatever. But, like, it, there's just something about it that's off. Yes. Uh, personally, for me, like you said, too, like, the giant hippopotamus, it's too fucking much. It seems like something out of, like, tail, the, the cartoon tailspin or something where I'm like, why the fuck is this here? Like, it, this doesn't make sense. And it was wonky. It was too goofy. This, it just, it, ugh. and then you had some of the worst lines, like, oh my god, look, it's the first Egyptian superhero. Yeah. What the fuck kind of pandering ass wacky shit is that? Yeah, see, this is the, this is the side of, like, I love the MCU diversifying. Mm-hmm. I love getting better representation for both women and for various cultures worldwide. 150%. But don't announce but, it within the fucking project. We, no, every time. We get it. They do this like every time too. I know. It happens in Miss Marvel at one point. Yep. It happens in this at one point. It obviously happens in Endgame in one of the most dogged out and deservedly so scenes of the movie in which all the women corral and they're like, we got each other's back. And like. It reminds me of like, yeah, it, it, you're getting back into like the early Captain America stuff where there's like. You know, there's, like, pictures in the background of women with their arm up, with their muscle going, and they're washing a dish. Yeah. Like, what the... It's just so 
it's, it's dissatisfying it's, and it's it's too much Disney like the the thin veil of pandering right. feels cringe. It does. It feels very forced. Just and, give us the representation without winking at yourselves in the mirror and being like, "We did good. We at, cast a brown person." Oh boy, smack myself in the oh ass, boy, call me Mickey. Oh boy, <laughs> like it's just yeah. So and it's then furthermore. It was one that I was extremely excited about. And that's why it also lands here is like, Hawkeye, I went in with relatively low expectations and therefore loved it. Like Hawkeye's Hawkeye's middle of the series for me. It's like right in the middle because I went in with such low expectations. And so it was all just payoff. Yeah. Minus the finale, which is fucking fun action sets, but otherwise really fucking bad. Very lame. Really lame finale. Other like the cool fight scene is very cool. I'll give them that. Very cool fight scene. However, really disappointing finale there. But yeah, I, yeah. I respect your nominations. Same. Next couple projects. All right. What do we got? What if came around next? This one, I don't have a ton of notes on. I've got um, nothing. This isn't. I, I put this into the league of like, this probably has incredibly low ramifications on anything that we're watching outside of it. But it might maybe have, yeah, yeah, maybe have a less than a percentile. So I, I personally, I, I, I have not watched it. I don't intend on watching it. I know there's a couple episodes you told me that are probably worth doing it. I probably won't. But So the fourth yeah. wall breaking stuff is super fascinating. Ultron with the gauntlet of the Infinity Stones, eventually seeing through space and time to the Watcher and seeking him out was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Shit got real serious on What If, Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the the multiverse was literally down to, like, one last little held in a ball hand at one point. Um, the zombie thing, uh, not my favorite part of it. But the biggest treasure of What If, and the reason that I tell people that have not watched it to at least watch a couple episodes, is the last time we get Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And... Uh, he voices T'Challa in two, I think, actually, I think three episodes of it in total. And that's just a, a really nice gift yeah. uh, with his sudden passing and with everything else to get any extra time with him as that character, even in animated form. Um, I, I cried the first time, I, the first one he pops up in because I, I didn't know that he had done the voice work for it either. Right. So when he shows up on screen, I was like, no way they got another voice actor to do this. Then he speaks. and I'm like, oh, my God, it's fucking him. And yeah, it just it hits, um, and it's it, it's fun, man. It's it's a fun journey. I know these animated shows aren't for everybody, but it was worth the watch. Um, the twist in the last few episodes that it becomes pretty connected and all that didn't see that coming. Thought it was pretty cool. Worth a go, in my opinion. On to Shang Chi. This, if you've been listening to our podcast at all, is a favorite in this household. Yeah, this is one of the very. Uh I would say few things that I think really worked entirely out of the entire phase four. I think it's probably one or two respectively, depending on what your, what your, I guess what your taste is. Um, It is my second favorite film, third favorite project overall. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I only have behind No Way Home as far as movies and only have behind No Way Home and Loki as far as projects. Yeah. I think it's just perfect from start to finish there isn't a part in there where i i not one part of it that i don't like um it's the way you do an origin story it's it's 
It's killer. It's, it's got killer. it's got thin level little levels of connectivity to the MCU as a whole, and you get some characters that we love from other things. But it gets to focus on a brand new character in a brand new world. We learn about the things that give him power in a interesting and compelling way. Your fight scenes are all very different. Yes, there are a lot of different styles, and it is incredibly fascinating. Like I love the like slower like when they're in the woods and she's using like the wind like it's beautiful that like it almost seems lazy but there there's got to be so much energy being expelled just kind of doing that it's like ballroom dancing um i I just absolutely adore that scene and any of that like when shang chi's like being passed down how to you know how to fight like that by his aunt that's that's it's beautiful and it's so different and like all that use of energy is awesome all of it all the side characters are awesome get a dragon from, from razor fist to my guy that says oh i speak L- i speak abcs yeah. um fucking um to, to the return of trevor slattery what a treat the whole god uh, to our guy morris morris uh, there's there's a lot to love. Katie kills it. She's a she's a great legend uh, as far as New Age League members go. We get our first return of Wong. We get the first of many returns of Wong. <laughs> You're abs- I mean, season of this Wong. Mo- this movie is in my top ten Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It's at the back end. It's somewhere in like the eight to ten range, but, but it's, it's in my top ten. Yeah, it's... It, it is a great fucking movie. Yep. All the feels. The bus scene's incredible. The return of our guy Clev. Shout out Brian Cherry, the actor who plays Clev. We love you out here. If you ever want to chop it up about Marvel, about life, about severance, about all the things you're doing. Karate. We want to talk to you. You're doing the great American baking show now. I saw that. Damn. Dude, Brian Cherry's living his life out here. We love you, dude. Love you, Brian Cherry. You're beautiful. Give us five minutes on a Zoom call. We love you. Anything. Anything. And we, we would value your time. Two minutes and a coffee. Hell, we should just look up how much his cameos are, maybe. Maybe <laughs> we can just like get a cameo from him. Hey, guys. Uh, that's all it's we can afford. It's me, Brian Cherry. That's, that's <laughs> that was all we could afford. That's our budget. <laughs> we blew our budget for the year. <laughs> we don't have a budget. No, sky's the limit. No, because we're poor. <laughs> yeah, sky's the limit because we, yeah, we couldn't even afford to try to buy the sky because we can throw a rock into the sky or whatever yeah none of it it's all bad (laughs) so buddy uh i'm gonna nominate an award at this point nominate an award my friend um i'm gonna go with best cgi again i'm gonna try to kind of tag into the things we're talking about with the awards i select overall um my favorite CGI. So let, well, let's go with the voted upon ones first. Yeah, voted first. Uh, so voted first. God, I had one for Multiverse of Madness, which just felt really weird to yeah, me I'm that they voted that as best. Let that awkward silence set in, guys. Yeah, really weird, man. I don't get it. And one that I think they had him numbered incorrectly because he has Green Goblin. But I think that he wanted that for best villain, but he's definitely got it in the slot where CGI goes. So maybe he just liked the, the flying around and the sweater vest of the Green Goblet. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I digress. <laughs> Those were my poll responses. Do you have any poll responses on best CGI? Yeah, no, no. That's, uh, like I said, that's uh, where we make sure that I didn't have any of that. Uh, uh, where did it go here? There's not best CGI. 
No, this person put can't pick. Fair enough. Can't pick. Um, for me, I thought there, there was two moments that were really of note in CGI. I didn't go with whole projects on this. I went with individual scenes. Because, uh, you know, I don't think... I think every Marvel project has its moments with weak CGI and has moments of great. Um, so I went with the dragons in Shang-Chi... I thought the the dragon sequences were above and beyond what I would expect them to look like visually, because that's a really difficult thing to make. There's a lot going on in that whole thing, too. There's a shitload going on in all that. I was really surprised they didn't wonk that up. Yeah, I think the combination of that and the garden fights that Mike already mentioned, uh, while simple on that one, are just really great and well done visually. I'll just say it. That's my top top CGI. The water on the map. That's that 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 whole thing is just gorgeous. And the water on the map is incredible. Fucking perfect. So great, yeah, great shout, great shout. I think the whole thing really lands, man. You, uh, in terms of consistency, I'd probably say Shang Chi across the board. Even I think you're probably right, but I wanted to shout out the dragons particularly because yeah. I, I remember even thinking during my first viewing in the theater, like, wow, these look these look pretty fucking good. Yeah, no, totally no, surprised all the cool. way through. Pretty cool. Um, and then my other scene I want to shout out, and I already mentioned it briefly, the music fight. Yeah. I just think it looks so fucking cool. It's great. Um, what about you? Any other beats? Just Shang-Chi is here. I got my TV series that was Loki. I thought, or CGI-wise, the whole thing worked really well. There wasn't really anything that really struck me as being off. That's what I look for. I'm not looking for perfection. I don't think that's really even realistic at this point. You're going to get... Some that are better than others, uh, but I just don't want it to take away from my watching experience, and it doesn't in Loki yep. at all. Um, I think it works really well that way. I also want to shout out, because we mentioned how bad the CGI in the WandaVision finale is. Mm-hmm. I want to point out how good the like black and white turning into color stuff was. was like great. When you had like Very little good. like bursts of color on the screen, but it was still mostly black and white and like all that stuff. I thought the visuals of early WandaVision were spectacular. But the back end of the season, the Agatha stuff, and once you get to the fights and all that, that's where it gets pretty wonky CGI-wise there. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Pretty ugly indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Next projects. Eternals. Eternals. We've been just splashing really all over to... this project. We don't need to spend a ton more time. Do you have any closing thoughts that you don't feel like we've really gotten to Eternals-wise? Shout out, Kingo. Shout out Kingo. Shout out to his boy. I can't even think of his name right now, but it's it's but a we love fucking him. travesty. I want to say yeah, league yeah. member for sure. Yeah, league league rated. Um, We're gonna have to do a league 2.0. Yeah, for sure. Where we get because our nominations cut off at a certain point, bef- and there's several characters who need to be added. Uh, for Eternals, I think I'll just go back to, you know, where we were saying. I at just just final it out. A final, give it a finale. Um, it's probably a movie that we'll like more as it goes on. I think that that's the positive that I got out of it was I think it's going to be much like Age of Ultron, where it ages much better. Yes, Age of Ultron is a better movie than it was given credit for at the time, but it has gotten better due to a recency bias, where the more further things go on, it almost seems like it was a complete hinge movie where like a whole two phases was essentially almost birthed off of it. And oh, if you sure. would have thought that when that movie came out, you'd have fucking been called a lunatic because it would have, you did. It was just an odd, and that's how it worked out. So, I have very similar feelings with Eternals. I don't know if it'll be to that effect, but 
Um, I do think that we'll end up favoring it a little bit more as we get more of these characters and as the story be or like unfolds more because I think that there's there's no way you just ignore that entirely. And I mean that would be the biggest mistake Marvel's made yet where they're just like, you know what this whole thing didn't work. We're scrapping this entire idea. Everything that built off of it, anything that would come to pass, we're done. I mean, no way. Inhumans, the only thing they've done that with, and I think that will continue to be the case. Inhumans will continue to be the body in the closet they never drag back out. But Eternals is too important in the future. They, they And those two things aren't even comparable. ABC, right? Yeah, I agree. Like they no, they I gave that whole thing up, man. I do. I agree completely, but it's still of note. But, okay. Oh. Because, yeah, that's not even one where I think that they would go and play a joke with anybody on. No, the closest we got was in Multiverse of Madness with getting Black Bolt. Right, that's it. And even he kills himself with his own voice. Which, all right, not going there. Not going there. (laughs) Not going there. Anyways. um, Hawkeye is next. And, again, we we covered some Hawkeye talk. Um, Additional shout-outs I want to give on the Hawkeye. LARP crew. Yeah. Out here. Uh Yeah, LARP crew. Kate yeah. Bishop, uh, she, dude, she's fucking delightful. I'm so excited for her to be in the fold now. Track pants, yeah, here for the track the pants. The group of young women we get in this in this phase four between Elena, Kate Bishop, Kamala, Jen Walters, like what a treasure trove of badass young women we're gonna have in the fold for years to come now, thanks to some of these projects. It's awesome. In Echo and. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned Echo or not. I did not. No, yeah. but uh, I'm. But Big Vince, um, I know what they did with him. It's all fucked up. Yeah, that but, was not exciting. But he's always a pleasure as the pin. This and I think he's going to be better in Echo than he was in this. He yeah. barely got to warm up in this. He's in one. He's in one episode. Yeah, I just, I just adore him as Kingpin. I, I adore him as a human. Um, and he's a just a wonderful actor, but uh, yeah, we need more of him. Um, I'm not going to go more into it. On a semi-related but side necessary. note, technically, did you see Charlie Cox's tweet about his uh, production schedule for Daredevil this year? No. He begins filming in another two or three weeks from now. It's like late January and doesn't wrap filming until December of this year. Oh, God. 18 episodes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And make them long. And literally filming for like close to a fucking year. Yes. 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 There's, Charlie. It's all going to plan. Now oh, just I bring Deborah and Wool back into the fold. We need Karen Page back. They've already announced Foggy that like, give us fucking Karen Page. I don't even, you know what? Honestly, this one's just such a like a present to us. Just fucking throw Johnny Bernthal in there now. Let's go. Let's Get the whole gang back together. Scooby do this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, fair. Yeah, mine is Daniel Rand. Leave <laughs> yeah, him out and yeah, bring yeah. the rest of the gang back. He, God, he had said something the other day, too, where he just wants the chance to reprise. He knows he could do it. It's like, no, no. no. Respectively, absolutely not. Yeah, we don't. You don't need a second chance at this, bro. I got a better, you know, I, I'd probably mo- be more willing to watch your Game of Thrones character magically come back to life and they do a fucking, you know, whole season on that. That I don't need any more Danny Rand and my not you've killed the whole character for me. Yeah, really ruined it. Yeah, ruined. Nice. Pick an award. Pick an award. Any award. All right, I'm gonna go with best villain. 
Best villain. Ooh. So what do you got on the list? So let's I'm go, gonna let's list go to the here. go to the people. Let's see. <clears throat> I've got one for Green Goblin, as noted earlier. Uh, I've got two for Wanda. In more on uh, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. I just about said the title of our show again. Instead of the title of the Marvel movie. That was the whole point. Wanda was not a villain of our show. yet. Well, she hasn't come and like attacked Mike and I with magic yet, to our knowledge. Can save all the people that we, we you know, sit and try to lobby to come on our show. Elizabeth Olsen, probably the least likely. Yeah, I don't think we're getting Liz Olsen. No. Someday Brian Cherry, though, maybe. It's a possibility. Yeah, we are going to keep trying on that one. We love him dearly, so we're just going to keep trying. Don't stop believing. He's our, he's our big fish that we're hanging on to. Yes. Big Fish. Big Fish. Great movie. That is a great movie. I agree. It's fun. I actually own that on DVD still somewhere at my house. I, I do too. I've got the like uh, deluxe edition. That fucking movie makes me cry every damn time I watch oh, it's it. It's beautiful. It's, it's it, a beautiful film. It hurts. It's so fucking wholesome. Hurts so good. Ewan McGregor, you beautiful son of a bitch. You. Beautiful son of a bitch, Ewan. I could, yeah, I could go on for hours about Big Fish. That's for another podcast called Big Fish. Big Fish, the podcast. <laughs> About the movie. So we, we so have yeah, I've got two, two for I've Wanda. Got, I've got two for Wanda and one for Green Goblin. I <laughs> Which that one, I, that one uh, I'm just sliding it to where I think he meant to put it. So Green Goblin. Oh, I love you people. Um, I also have one for Loki. <laughs> that one, not a villain in Phase 4, but okay. That's fine. Hey. I see where they were coming from. Sure. It's, yes. it's the turn. Once, yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, Turn around. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, I suppose <laughs> technically the Loki we get at the beginning of the series, Loki, is the villainous one directly from Avengers. Kind of, yeah. So for an episode, I suppose that that's technically... <laughs> all right, fair enough. We'll give it to you. Loki is a nomination. Um, My nominees, I, I had to narrow down to three here because... They're all pretty incredible, and I have a tough time deciding between them. Uh, Namor, mm-hmm. He Who Remains, mm-hmm. and Gore the God Butcher. Mine's all go- three incredible performances. Mine's Gore. Here's Gore. I think if you had to put a, if I had to pick one, I honestly think it's He Who Remains for me. Still, the monologue is just incredible in Loki, um, and just the fact that it feels like such a looming and menacing threat, even at the end. Even like even as you watch him get stabbed, and he just says, "See you soon." He might have as much screen time in that one that one thing there in Loki as Gore had in the entire movie of Thor Love and Thunder, which is the only reason why I had a hard time, and I'm sure you did too, putting him as the best villain. I did. Because He's in so little. he does such work in his minimal time in there that it would have been amazing. Yeah. But we, my my yeah. biggest criticism of Love and Thunder is the lack of Gore the God Butcher and is the lack of God Butchering. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of that. Is he there? butchers one god at the very beginning yeah. and his like peons around him. Yeah. And then he captures some children gods. Yeah. Well, so he kills some gods off screen. We so, find out about some god deaths off screen and we see one huge god carcass. And he's but but, but he's going for, you know, A kids, B and then he captures, they're, doesn't they're kill the god like, kids. They're not even like the gods that he's really going for. You know, you're going for like not just killing people that are essentially quote unquote gods. We're talking about the big guys. 
You know, Zeus. Well, he, he does it to like the big guy, supposedly. Yeah. But like, They don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, they don't give a fuck at all. No, You they know don't this from care. your first god you killed. No, they, yeah, he was very, uh, you know, unsermonious about that. He, 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 did, he did not give a shit. Yeah. So that that's my, like, major critique of Love and Thunder. Um, yeah. It's the Christian Bale performance is incredible, and we get to see so little of it. Yeah. Combined with so little of the titular god butchering. Yeah. And I've heard rumor that there's a scene with him and Jeff Goldblum that got cut, and I'll forever be salty about that until I get to see that scene. That would have to be the most awkward scene. Christian Bale? Yeah, Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher with Jeff Goldblum's the... the grand, Yeah, grand, Grandmaster. Yeah. Would be two people if I... like. Supposedly he kills him. I'm sure he does. My point being, putting those two in a room... They would be like the least likely actors that I would ever imagine ever end up in the same room together. Yeah, but it's also like two of the best actors we got. Oh, they're fantastic. I'm just saying it would be weird as hell. Oh, yeah. I would love to be a fly on that wall. I can only imagine what kind of conversation Christian Bale and Jeff Goldblum would have. Uh, I don't think they'd talk much. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, it would, be com- the, it would be Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, basically. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Hey. Hi. Hey, hi. Well, I'm like uh, Want to come on my old. orgy ship? Yeah. yeah. Go to the orgy ship? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winks at him. <laughs> Christian Bale just like looks over him. No, nothing. No, yeah, no just response. walks off. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are some strong villain contenders, though. Um, it's just not... Phase four, I think that was another thing that that got people. There just wasn't a lot of true villainry. Like no, you the, can even say with Namor, Namor's I he's justified in a lot of shit that he uh, does. Namor, but he, he gets look. Yes, that is accurate. But his plan is still to attack the entire planet. I get his that. plan I is do. to bring war to the whole planet. He's in the same category as Kilgrave. Right. Uh, Fucking Killmonger, yeah, not yeah. David Tennant. Kugler does such a great job of setting these villains up that it's like, yo, this motherfucker has a point and is definitely right about what they're saying, but the way they're going about it is wrong, so they have to be stopped. Fuck, that's the whole angle of the mar- or of the MCU, Thanos. It makes you think, yeah, like, all right, um, fuck, yeah, Thanos got well, a point. He's his, got a point. His point. His way to solve it is ludicrous. Yeah, genocide's bad, point. but yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, kudos to Coogler. Um, I really want Coogler to be handed the reins of the other Avengers movie because we we found out that the director of Shang Chi got one of them, which is awesome. Yep, good with uh, that. As we noted, well deserved in our book. I think Ryan Coogler deserves the other one personally for his work on these two Black Panther films. It would really give you a more, um, much more serious Avengers, and I think that they do need that. Because he still uses some of the like you know goofy you know goofy Marvel comedy sure. as I'm gonna call oh, yeah. it. He, he gets it in there. He gets this, he gets his jokes in. Homie's got jokes. He uses Mbaku for all of that. Let's be honest. Well, um, yeah. He uses Shuri in the first movie for it. Mbaku in this movie for oh, it. Because Shuri, Shuri's all super serious this whole movie. Yeah, so someone had someone had to wrong. take the reins on her jokes. Um, I mean, she plays it super well. This is not me dogging her performance. No, no, it's no, just no, no, like no, her character it. is in pain the whole movie, so she can't be the joke source. Right. So she's like, hey, Mbaku, we're calling your number up. Yeah, we come need back, you. Bro. Come on back. Um, no, really, like outside of Namor, he who remains Gore the God Butcher, like the what? oh, and I'm sorry, and Shang Chi's dead. 
yeah killer villain there too yeah. that's one so there's, that's one that is of note but there's literally four great villains in the whole phase and wanda and he is almost this again, again almost a great secondary villain but like, yeah. like yes he was terrible at, at first a very awful dictator you know runner of a crime syndicate basically um but eventually after you know after shang chi's mother dies yeah. um he legitimately thinks that she's calling him from the grave yeah, he's um, going insane he's going insane because of the ten rings as well as you know what's being called to him so all right. Tough stuff. Yeah. Next project. No Way Home. No Way Home. As I mentioned, this is my highlight of Phase 4. Um, it's not the most perfect or coherent story of the bunch. It has its flaws. And if you try too hard to think about the ending, A, you'll give yourself an aneurysm, and B, you'll talk yourself right out of the movie. But none of that bothers me because the heartbeat of the story connects with me. The death of Aunt May crushes me and the continued growth of our true Peter Parker, the best Peter Parker, Tom Holland and everything that characters put through is beautiful and fucking awesome. It's a true Spider-Man film in the sense that there are huge stakes, but there aren't. Yes. Like at the end of it, it's pretty much solely the problem of Peter Parker. And it's not a uh, universal threat. And yes, there are going to be ramifications of what he did. We're figuring that out already. Sure. Um, but it's not on a level that you would see that leads up to any kind of Avengers-like event or any kind of cataclysmic event. Um, you know, what Peter Parker does is like in Peter Parker's backyard. And it just happens to be with two other Peter Parkers. Yeah. Um, and just all the stuff... all. For all the little reasons for things that are past the MCU as well, from Andrew Garfield Spider Man catching MJ, just uh, and, Andrew and Garfield, the look on his face as he plays that, um, him saying "I love you" to the other ones, oh. um, so many tender moments with him and great stuff there. Um, Oswald, um, yeah, uh, all the all the Oz stuff's there. great. I mean. The villains across the board bring it. They're hilarious. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx you know, really redeems you help, himself. You help, you help people in the in the hood. You blah, blah, blah. I just thought you were black. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. And then the, well, Soon maybe enough. there's a black Spider-Man out there. Yeah. And we all know there is. Yes, sir. Dude, I can't wait for another like eight years from now when we've seen Tom Holland in six of his own movies and we finally start to meet a young Miles and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fucking legendary. That's going to be awesome. Also, shout out this year to Into the Spider-Verse 2 finally coming out. Hell yeah. Yes, yes. We were just watching that uh, Into the Spider-Verse the other day. Dude, that movie's so incredible. Like, yeah. Top one or two Spider-Man movies ever. Yeah, as it's I think it's the best. It's probably fantastic. the best one overall. I'm only giving it two just because I love Tom Holland so much. And I also I love to Tom Holland so much, but I do think Into the Spider-Verse is better it, as a movie than any of his movies. You're probably not wrong. It's just so good. Yeah. Just so good. It's so much fun to watch. So much fun. Um, it's no way home though. I mean, solid. Did, did well over a billion dollars. Um, enjoyable, incredible movie. Yeah, it's Makes not feel good. Like you said, it's it's just one of those that I can put on and not have to worry about like really thinking too hard. I know that sounds really stupid of me, but like I. That's really what I'm watching. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy that. You about can sit it. back and be bothered by the fact that Ned Leeds is just kind of able to operate a sling ring, or you can just enjoy the journey. 
Yeah, there you are a lot of things in that. Think about the ramifications of everyone forgetting Peter Parker and what that and the fact that, that probably should be carrying over to every universe. So that means the other Peters are returning home to nobody knowing them either. Hypothetically, like you can think about ramifications for days. You can play what if with all the questions that that finale brings you, or you can just be like, "That was a fun movie, and I had a nice time." Yep, that's it. That's it for me entirely. And that's it for me as well. Um, I hope to see Ned Leeds in the Ironheart series. Now that mm-hmm. we know that he will be at M- MIT and that Riri Williams attends MIT. Really hoping for... Because, you know, as we've said before, I do think that MJ is too big of a global superstar now. I don't think that she's going to pop into a Disney Plus show. I'm pretty sure she's strictly collecting movies. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Zendaya is cl- strictly collecting movie checks at this phase of her acting career. And that's fine. I respect that. Dude, she's fucking But Ned Leeds, my guy Ned, might not have better things to do than to pop up on Ironheart. Hey, everybody needs a guy in the chair. <laughs> and he's an experienced one. He's got lots of experience. Credentials. Credentials. Although, actually, no, he now technically he wouldn't remember have, them. Well, yeah, he <laughs> technically doesn't have credentials anymore. But He did. He did. Maybe it's an instinct. That's what, oh, he does it instinctually, my friend. Uh, and that leads. That's a man who once told his high school teacher that he was watching porn in the school to cover up for his buddy. It was great. He'll do anything for his friend. Yeah, he's my man. I love him. We love you, Ned. Uh, so the next project would be Moon Knight. Moon Knight. This should, we in, we've we've talked about this I think enough too, but just one of those shows where the I like the all of the costume work. All of that stuff really worked for me, honestly. I think actually, funny enough for me, I think that that's the part that gravitates me more towards it. Oscar Isaac, obviously, was fucking fantastic. He gives uh, a great performance. The per- supporting characters around him are largely good. Good, But this storytelling is just weird. Yeah. And there's certain the CGI is gets to be to a point where it's almost nauseating sometimes, yeah. where you're like, yep, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's yeah. too hard to watch. So, yep. That's, yeah, that's the big fight is boring and anticlimactic. Um, feels rushed. The ending and being like oh, a little wink that this new this new mystery other personality that we've been being hinted at has taken over the wheel. Yeah, like okay, fine. Great. But the problem is, I don't know that Oscar Isaac's ever coming back. So I don't like, know that we'll ever that get another it, season, anyway. Right. So it's it's just the ultimate unknown where. The, the, the shitty part that really bothers me more than anything is exactly that. Um, I love Oscar Isaac. I and do too. the fact that you even got him to do it in the first place is one thing. Um, but the fact that we very they very well may have shied him away from ever doing it again because it was such a car wreck. Yeah. Um, really fucking sucks. It yep. does. Real bummer. Make sure to tune in next week when we continue and finish off our Phase 4 Awards. Also check out all the rest of the fun stuff we do here at Good Fun Media after the laugh track dropping sitcom fandom podcasts every Thursday and D2B2 Sports dropping sports gambling and weird absurd antics every Friday. Have a good day. We don't have to keep watching Liam Neeson make action movies. Like, we don't have to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Like, as a society, we just, we keep choosing to, but we don't have to. And for gosh sake, watch your language.
the Rock Woman. My name's Johnny Knoxville, and this is my buddy Thanos. Don't you know who I am? I'm the Juggernaut, bitch! It's a weird world we're trying to live in these days, but we gotta do it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You cannot talk! One more word, and I will feed you to my children. It's beautiful. We knew you were gonna betray us, so we built this whole plan around you doing it! What? You know what's crazy? That's really not too far off from a plot of Dr. Phil. Bet your ass. Steve, you said a bad language word. He may or may not also have a ship that he flies around primarily for orgies and stuff. And he tells me about this girl, Emily, that we used to kick it with. It was actually the first pair of boobs that I ever touched. And it's like club cold play. Dude, it's so bad. There's like. Because it's just gonna be Mike fucking mattresses. Gary, you son of a bitch. Oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Today, we're doing Porta Potty Ski Slope. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians. <laughs> Cut the chat! Oh boy, smack myself in the oh ass, boy. call me Mickey! Oh boy! <laughs>